there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nicole and welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. So I have my two lovely friends and co-workers here with me, and I guess slash husband, uh, Dr. Nick <laughs> and Dr. That, Phil. Don't forget that big slash husband. <laughs> Only on the days in and one. So we're here today to kind of piggyback off of our previous podcast that we did. So I was talking a lot about anxiety and some of the things that I'm finding on a day-to-day basis from a physiological standpoint with our functional medicine program. And when it comes to anxiety, it is such a complex condition because it can be stemming from so many different avenues. But in addition, it could be also um, really manifesting in so many different ways. It's not one manifestation of anxiety. Some people are are feeling very worried. Some people are actually having panic attacks. Some people are having heart palpitations or racy heart. And some people are just having silent negative thoughts. And I know that that was kind of the story that I told in the previous podcast is just having things in my mind that I'm not necessarily saying out loud, but just having this fear and anxiety that I'm kind of thinking on a day-to-day basis, but it's almost my normal. So we're here to try to give uh, some solutions to different ways you can manage anxiety from a movement perspective. And I think that this is really fascinating because there are so many different things that happen with our body on a day-to-day basis. And it's just maybe sitting for too long, being a commuter and sitting, you know, in a car for many hours that can actually contribute to our body is going into this sympathetic mode, which we also call fight or flight that can actually be a player in our anxiety. So I'm going to let the doctors take over from here and talk a little bit about this concept of our bodies being affected or going into this fight or flight due to our posture or our our bodies, our physical bodies. So feel free, whoever wants to start, to elaborate a little bit further on this. I'll start. Thank you, Nicole. Um... So I'll piggyback on the like what maybe someone with anxiety or having an anxious moment would look like physically. You can think of it as maybe something that you're doing posture-wise, or you could have a traumatic event happen. And then from there, your body starts to respond to that traumatic event. And oftentimes, our body becomes like very rounded or compressed. Our head juts out in front of us, our shoulders round in, in front of us. We put a lot of tension thus on the organ systems, the cardiovascular system. And when those systems aren't working well, that can create anxiety, whether it's um, something you're aware of or not. So I can... um, I think it's safe for us to say what this looks like is the teenager hunched over texting. Oh, God, (laughs) that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Um, Definitely look around you and if you can see what that looks like that could that is anxiety mm-hmm. not either manifesting now or in the future so nick would you like to elaborate on that i would just uh i mean my big thing 
looking at it just from a, the same point of view, but instead of like a physical thing being more of just a, like a mental outlook and it couldn't, it could not be an actual traumatic event, but it may be a perceived traumatic event in the future. So it's like something that hasn't even happened yet, but you're you're anxious about it. You're worried about what might happen tomorrow, whether it's you know confronting a friend or going to work that you don't enjoy, or it's maybe a family event. Like all those things can make the person anxious, and that alone can put you into that you know that teenage texting physical (laughs) hunched over mode well i think that it's so many of us when we feel maybe not confident or we feel stressed or we feel you know just not our best we tend to revert into that posture we kind of slunch or hunch over and we we are it's almost like a protective mode it's almost like we're protecting our internal organs And it's something that we're just so not aware of because, unfortunately, when we look around us, there is this epidemic of cell phones and devices. So we are all hunched over utilizing these, but it's also a posture that we find ourselves doing when we are not feeling our best, not feeling confident, feeling attacked, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think it's that it's that protective mechanism, but also you can think of it as literally it's like the weight of gravity on you and you're not able to pull against that. And so obviously, I mean, you can see how that can create anxiety. That is an anxious moment. You're a little bit out of control. Things are pulling down and you can't do anything about it. So movement wise, we can have we have a myriad of tools, I mm-hmm. think, to help mm-hmm. us get out of that and um, lift that weight of gravity off of us and empower ourselves. Definitely. And I think that movement is going to look different for many people that their day-to-day looks really different. So I wanted to really expand upon you know, movement for anxiety for people that maybe are forced to be sedentary because they have a desk job or for the people that are running around that are moms or the commuter that's stuck in the car for many hours and for everyone else. So I think it would be really great for you guys to expand upon, you know, what does that movement look like for all of those demographics? But then also I want to also make sure that we touch upon movement breathing, whatever it is for someone who is already experiencing the anxiety. They're in that moment. They, it's already there. Maybe they're having a heart palpitation. Maybe they're just, you know, they're, they're rapid breathing, whatever that case may be for the person. So I want to expand on, uh, on all of those aspects, but let's just start with movement for the sedentary person that maybe has a desk job. Before we get into that, and I want Phil to start answering that because he's definitely a master um, I just had like this enlightening experience and really all those postures is a victim mentality posture and it's not, not to be ruthless about it, but a victim like Dr. Phil said is like, we're anxious about something because we feel like we're disempowered. Like we can't control the situation and because we can't control it, we're anxious, mm-hmm. but that's a lie. And it's a lie because we can hack and control many parts we can't control everything but we can control a lot of things and one of the things we can control is our posture our outlook onto things and it's like jumping into and there's tons of youtube videos about this how you know you can hack your posture and it makes you feel more empowered um 
but yeah, like I want to be able to give you an opportunity to learn these movement, these body positioning changes to take you out of a victim role and make you actually controlling your present. Move move yourself out of that situation. Right, yeah. And don't get me wrong, for those of you listening that are thinking, you know, my anxiety is so much deeper than just movement, um, I 100% understand that aspect. And, you know, this is really to provide tools for um, the physical component of anxiety. But if you do listen to our prior podcast, there is a lot that goes into into anxiety from a physiological standpoint. So we are definitely not discrediting that. And we know that this condition is very, very complex and it's very overwhelming to the individual. So for those of you that are you know, listening and you try these movement methods, but maybe you don't find that they are as helpful as you hoped for, please listen to the previous podcast because this will definitely give you the other side of the anxiety so that you really understand that, you know, this is a complex condition and there are many organs that can be involved. And it also gives you information as to what you can do in order to get the clarity and then secondarily, obviously get a solution. So going back to the movement though, we're going to start with movement for somebody who has a desk job. Right. If I find myself having an anxious moment while I'm sitting, so this could be some most often would happen at work. So I would encourage someone to, if there's a uh, move towards the front of their seat so that their back is not supported by the seat from there, put something between the, between the legs or between the knees. Cause what that's going to do is act, help us activate the, sacrum or what we're, our, where our sit bones are and that's where a parasympathetic uh, part of our nervous system is located which helps us move into a less anxious state so if that's something that you're able to do go go to that position you can also ground your feet so either if you have shoes on you can take your shoes off ground your feet so that you're making contact with the ground and then from there i would encourage people to check to see where the position of their head is and where the if the back of the of the skull is tense so to do to uh, move yourself out of that tense mode you can draw the chin back behind the collarbones lift the base of the skull try to open up where the where the collarbones are try to open that space up with a breath or two through in through the nose and out through the nose with slow controlled rhythm once you can tap into that part of your body you can give yourself a uh, a massage or a stimulation in the back of the skull using maybe your index finger middle finger and rub gently the base of the skull to allow yourself to move more into the parasympathetic mode so that would be something, those three things, you can put yourself into a more empowered state. You're pulling yourself out of the weight of gravity and you're tapping into some deep physiological and neurological um, systems. 
Yeah, I think, you know, the simplistic version of that is just being able to sit up tall and, and get out of this rounded forward posture that so many of us are in. You know, I know that we often catch ourselves just being slumped over and then we're like, oh, I really need to just like open up, you know, my shoulders and be able to sit up straight and draw my head back. And we don't even realize how that's actually impacting us on a day to day basis. But um, Phil, I'm actually curious. So if they were to put something between the knees to help to really stabilize the sacrum, which is um, the base of your spine, you know, what could that be? Would that be like a foam roller or, you know, something in particular? I would say the best two props would be if you have some sort of small pillow, Mm -hmm. a yoga block. Uh, maybe some of you, you know, can meet with the yoga block. So maybe you have that on you. Or if not, and you could just go on Amazon and type <laughs> yeah. in yoga, yoga block, block and you could find that if you don't know what that um, is. <laughs> yeah. Or even just uh, a, a towel of some sort. Just something. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, anything fancy. Anything fancy. Even just a roll of paper towels. That could probably work, go. right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that will often be in an office. So that's why yeah, I'm thinking that. Exactly. So when you're like going in the back and you're like, hey, can I get that roll of paper towels? Or if you don't have a prop, (laughs) you can always just bring the feet towards each other and the knees towards each other and gently apply pressure inwards. So just to activate the inner thighs, whatever you can do to do that. Basically bring your knees and feet towards each other because chances are the knees have come apart and that allows that slumping motion. So bringing the feet and the knees inward. So what about a commuter then? Because obviously they're in a car, they have to obviously be attentive and they have to make sure that their feet are, you know, on the pedals, on the brake. Mm -hmm. So is there something that they should be doing while they're in the car or is there something that they should be doing when they get out of the car? Like what would be the best for a commuter? So to piggyback uh, everything Dr. Nicole and Dr. Phil said uh, about things you can do in the office when you have anxiety, um, I think some simple things is, I like lacrosse balls because you could throw it, you know, in your briefcase, in your purse. It's easy to travel around with instead of like a foam roller or, you know, a foam block. Um, is you can put the foam, um, the lacrosse ball on the floor and just take your shoes off and rub your feet on them. We have so many nerve endings on the bottom of our feet and we can activate that through just applying slight pressure with our foot. Uh, down into the crossball, and that activates so many brain neurons, um, which can take the brain from that fight or flight, really anxious stage, and really cross over the other hemisphere, and really to help slow down another aspect of the brain. Um, a great part to do this uh, on the feet when looking at reflexology, your brain is your toes. So you can really start to activate all of the toes by pressing, you can even press it into the ground. Um, if you don't have a crossball, but really rolling it over and kind of getting in between each toe and really activating uh, that part uh, of the big toe and all the other uh, toes will activate the, you know, the part of the brain uh, specifically to really help calm that down. Nice. So going and piggybacking off of a person who is sitting at a desk, you know, obviously we have people that sit you know, in a car for many hours when they're commuting, you know, in and out of the city, especially in our area, or they're just a commuter for work. So what would be the best for someone who's a commuter? You know, they obviously have to be very attentive to what they're doing. They have to have their hands on the wheel, feet on the pedals. So is there something they could be doing in the car or is there something they should be doing once they get out of the car? So I would love your uh, feedback on that and to expand upon it. I think mindfulness like meditation would be one of the best things to start out with. Um, like when driving, 
being 100% present uh, is huge uh, for the safety of you and everybody around you, but it's also a huge thing to take you out of when you're anxious. And pretty much every time uh, a major portion of anxiety is focusing on the future instead of being present. Because when, when we're truly present, there's really, for the most part, nothing that fearful around us. Um, everything's pretty safe. And when you get out of that present mode, then we have so many possibilities that we can't control because they haven't even happened yet and we become anxious about that. So I think really like almost tutting, uh, shutting everything down and really just being present on the drive, uh, which can make the drive actually really beautiful depending on, doesn't even really matter where you're going. You can really just, the, the aspect of being present is beautiful in itself. Um, so that's huge. And honestly, on the complete opposite side of that is, I listen to a ton of podcasts and that keeps me present mm. um, because when you can literally put your attention and being present into something that you're very purposeful and very powerful and just really love, um, that's going to make time go by really quick, but you're learning something and then, then hopefully you can go around and teach that to somebody else throughout the day because uh, even that, we you know, through anxiety, a lot of times uh, when we learn something, it activates a different part of the brain. So when we learn something then we teach it, we're activating other areas of the brain that's going to take us out of that uh, prefrontal right cortex of the brain that really becomes active when we're anxious, and it will actually disperse that energy in other areas of the brain, which will won't allow us to be anxious, which is pretty awesome. Posture-wise, um, I like to, if you're going gri to be gripping the wheel, place your hands at the bottom of the wheel so that it opens up your shoulders. So your hand, the insides of your hands are facing each other. So it would be like uh, a five and seven, you know, hand. So right there, you can broaden your shoulders and you can gently pull your hands towards your body, which can help lift your chest up. And from there, you can allow the breath to come, which is very important. Um, I think any type of in and out nose breathing to open up the chest, the heart space where the where the collarbones are, those upper ribs, where our lungs sit, open that space up while you're driving can bring you into the present moment. And I think the breath can help thus get you into a more rest relaxation state rather than in that sympathetic fight or flight anxious state. So I guess the other big one too is when it comes to movement, um, what is good for moms? Moms are usually kind of running themselves ragged all day, running after their children, doing a million things, multitasking. It's very difficult for them to carve out time for themselves. But what could be a good tool for moms? Uh, I think a good tool movement-wise um, that I can share for moms is probably go and lay down if they're able to for it could even just be for a minute but lay on the ground and again I like to to calm my system down I try to breathe my myself wide into the ground and feel myself become more expansive which can be a little hard to get into right away but that's where the mentality comes in of where, where is this anxiety coming from? Um, if you can mentally go into a peaceful place, then from there, put it into your body. Laying on the ground is a great way to um, become grounded and um, 
for a mother and you have a lot of responsibilities and you're constantly multitasking or attempting to. So from here, you have one thing to do and that's lay on the ground and try to breathe yourself as wide and as tall as possible. Do that however you need to do it. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense because when you're anxious, everything, all that energy comes inward at you and it's just like you're under so much pressure. And while you're laying on the ground, you have a chance to like breathe yourself out and expand yourself from being so contracted and under so much pressure. So that makes, I never thought about that, but that makes awesome sense. That's huge. So what type of specific breathing should they be doing? Is there any like specific details that the, that they should know? Uh, overall, the first and most important thing is to nose breathe. Uh, every time we're anxious and sympathetic breathing, it's through the mouth. Uh, so when you nose breathe, it really actually slows down our breathing because you think of that airway, that passageway is smaller. Um, so it slows down uh, that breath, which calms you down. Uh, I would say another thing is like to breathe in posturally. So anytime we squat, uh, it actually changes the way our, our lungs are being positioned and it forces us to breathe through our belly, our stomach. Because uh, when we're anxious, we're, we're bent over and we're breathing more with our chest, our upper rib cage. Um, which fires off that you know sympathetic fight or flight, but when we're when we're actually in a squatting position, uh, it's really impossible to breathe in that upper rib cage because it forces our diaphragm uh, in a way to open up and through the belly first. Uh, so that is a huge hack. Um, I would say right after nose breathing, or probably my top too. Well, I thank you guys so much for all of these amazing tools that you've provided to the audience. Um, I think one of the other tools that I wanted to just mention before we finish up is uh, one of the most important things when it comes to anxiety is also being able to detach from you know, different types of wireless platforms, uh, being able to give your body a little bit of a break from all of the wireless technology that we use on a day to day basis. So especially if you are at a desk job, being able to just get outside and get away from all the computers and the Wi Fi and the cell phones and all of the, you know, the technology that serves us much, but it also has a pretty tremendous stress on our brain and nervous system. So just keeping in mind that one of the easiest things that you can do when you're dealing with, you know, anxiety, or if you're just dealing with not feeling your best is trying to detach yourself from some of the, you know, social media platforms, as well as just even the wireless devices that exist in your home. So thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you being with us. We hope you got tremendous value out of this. And for those of you listening, again, if you would love to get on one of our strategy calls with our client services team, because you're interested in learning more about what we do, uh, we would love to chat with you. You can check that out at our website, integrativewellnessgroup.com again. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.